Fitness Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening. Do continue to share, subscribe, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. It's super important. It lets folks know about the podcast, discover it, and, you know, share these great stories. Great stories like the one you're going to hear in a moment. Today, we are diving deep with a comic artist and illustrator whose emotive works have touched lives globally. Their work captures those hard-to-describe feelings every day, and one example is the number one Amazon UK hit, Breaking Mad, and she's been featured in everything from Huffington Post to BuzzFeed. Please welcome the incredibly talented Beth Evans. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, for making the time to uh, join us for this this conversation. And um, for starters, I, I like and I and I think that there's a lot of power in allowing folks to name themselves, allowing folks to introduce themselves. So I want to give you a moment and the space to um, you know introduce yourself. And um, from there, you know, I have a few other questions um, in this sort of introductory piece, but I at least want to start there. Okay, great. Um, my name's Beth. Um, I make a lot of different kind of cartoons, comics, kind of in the sphere of mental health, feelings, emotions, and that's just kind of the basic summary. See, yeah, I like that. Succinct. Uh, <laughs> as a as a person who tries to process emotions sometimes, and in reading about those sort of hard to describe emotions that have popped up in in your work, that's um, it's really it's really huge. Um, to, to be able to um, go through your creative practice and really kind of like help folks. I think people get a lot of um, feeling and enjoyment out of your work. Yeah. Um, thanks so much. Um, it, it's really an interesting kind of sphere to be working in just that you can connect with people you normally wouldn't have had the chance to meet and connect with. And it's just really interesting how so many of us are going through the same thing and how we put names on it yes <laughs> it's like i'm the only one that has this feeling nah, other people <laughs> do you, you might call it something different i have a different alias <laughs> absolutely and just from what i've done i've gotten a better understanding of my own feelings and also how other people see situations yes and um you know i can i can say firsthand and in doing, you know, these interviews, I, I always joke with folks, like I'm over 700 interviews in at this point. And I joke with the folks like, one, you creative types, or, or, us creative types, I guess I'm in this conversation, I suppose, are very sensitive <laughs> at times. <laughs> and a lot of stuff is there. And I remember early on where I wouldn't click with someone the way that I thought I would click. And mm-hmm. I'm like, they hate me. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's not true. That's not true. They're just nervous. Or this is their first interview. And I think during this sort of journey, being able to to recognize that and the sort of uh, hashtag, if you will, feelings are important. <laughs> yeah. I mean, believe me, after recording this today, I'm sure I'm going to be sitting there later tonight thinking, mm, but did I do it right? Was I okay? Was I personable enough? I absolutely overanalyze everything I do. And it's interesting um, with the kind of stuff I do, people tend to analyze my work and come away with different interpretations and that kind of thing. So maybe when I went out and tried to post something and I thought it was like, you know, a feeling that was the absolute end of the world, everyone else is kind of like, well, what's the big deal? And it's like, oh, perspective. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I want, I want to step back a little bit. Um, 
when it comes to art or creative pursuits or, you know, whether it be the making side of it, whether it be the appreciation, appreciation side of it, what is like art that comes to mind for you when you were a young person? And um, what, what sort of art left an impression on you growing up? Oh, um, tons of just classic comics, Archie comics. Um, I loved Matt Groening's Life in Hell. I thought that was so smart and just interesting. And he could do so much with just black and white line drawings to express all sorts of deep feelings and commentary on the world. Um, Love the Simpsons. Um, just a lot of the stuff that was just kind of like, you know, classic American pop culture. Um, and I think I learned a lot just about how to structure comics from that. And I learned more, too, from the Internet as time went on and people started posting theirs online there. Wow. So. How did, how did you get your start? I, I definitely want to know that. Like, you know, we we all have that sort of point. Like, I listened to other podcasters early on and it seemed like gear was available in, you know, 2009 mm -hmm. when I started. So I was like, all right, I'm going to spend what felt like a, a whole check worth of salary, who have you. <laughs> and it's like, pipe dream, let's go. And here we are, you know, almost 15 years later. What was that that moment for you when you wanted to like know that you were going to pursue, you know, illustration, cartooning, that that sort of like work? Um, I never really thought it was going to be anything professional. I was just uploading different kind of like little pop culture comics on Tumblr back in about ooh, 2011, 2012 maybe. Um, and it, it was just something I did to kind of pass the time at community college, you know, drawing things to spend more time drawing in classes than actually studying. But, you know, um, I was just posting them online and they seemed to get a big reaction. And then things kind of spiraled from there when I did a series of Valentine's cards for Breaking Bad in early 2012. And then it was picked up by a bunch of media outlets from like, I think it was like MSNBC and HuffPost. And I was just, I was just blown away as a community college kid. You know, I was so young, just sitting there thinking, oh, oh my gosh, this is like huge. And, and I, I had never thought about doing cartoons as any kind of career, but I just kind of kept it in my pocket as mm, maybe we should keep that going and see what happens. That's, that's great. Um, as, as a as a person who I, I wanted to be a, um, a comic artist when I was younger. So definitely, you know, hearing that sort of, I should be probably working on this test, but I'm going to draw sketches of the X-Men mm -hmm. cartoon. <laughs> That's what I'm going to spend time doing and getting into a lot of trouble too. It's like, come on, Rob, you can do better than this. <laughs> Absolutely. I was always drawing Sailor Moon in junior high. That was always my go-to. See now, you know, I always, when people mention Sailor Moon, I have a request for them. I might have to come back to you later, you know, okay. we're get to that rapid fire portion. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. So in terms of themes, we, we, we have the emotional component, sort of the mental health component that's there um, within your work. What, what drew you to that specifically? Um, I think it kind of goes back again to I was at, you know, my local community college. All of my other friends had gone away to college. Um, I was struggling to make friends locally. I was really, really depressed. I was seeing a therapist, but I didn't know anyone else who was seeing a therapist. And I just felt really, really isolated. And I just kind of started writing more about it and putting maybe one out of every five pieces up being a little related to kind of what I was feeling. And it just had such a reaction from others who were feeling what I was feeling. I'm alone at college and I feel like I'm not making friends. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't know what to do. I just feel sad all the time. And I just kind of started building this community of people who were feeling what I was feeling. That's, um, well, 
Yeah, I'm 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 happy in, in, in a way that you were able to kind of shift and take from take inspiration from from those feelings. Um, you know, I I've been in spots where you're you're doing something, um, whether it's creative or you're, you're pursuing something, and sometimes it's long nights, it's uh, very lonely times, and being able to get something out of it that clicks and resonates for people even you know has has service for yourself of um i'm able to get this out in a different way um you know high school uh for me it, it was a lot of not fitting as i was imagined a lot fo- a lot of folks would have and i used to um write poetry and short stories and and sketch and one of the more um, one of the more mortifying moments, I suppose, was um, my what is it? Biology and no chemistry. My chemistry teacher found my composition book with all of my drawings <gasps> and notes in there, and oh. um, she she graded two of them. And I was like, no, good. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I was like, I need to keep a better hold on this. <laughs> oh my gosh! I lost my junior year diary on a train. That's still floating around somewhere. I sure, I'm sure. Oh no! Just like you know, here's the uh, here's the the sort of director's cut. Here's the <laughs> of your life. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely the director's cut of what I was feeling at between the ages of 16 and 17. I hope whoever found that in Chicago is having a good time. So, so, so talk about um, and, and thank you. Um, so talk about a little bit of sort of, you know, coming to, you mentioned, you know, Matt Green, you, you, you mentioned uh, Archie. What are those sort of moments where you're like, all right, maybe this is going to be my style. Maybe I'm going to shift to this style. What was the sort of genesis and the, the ideation around developing your your personal style um, for your work? Because it's, it's very distinct. <laughs> That's a really great question. Um, a lot of it was just trial and error online of creating my own characters and just kind of seeing how people responded. You know, sometimes everyone would be like, oh, I love that, you know, you know, feature that more. I like it. And a lot of it actually was direction from, um, I don't know if you're familiar with National Portfolio Day, where you can take your portfolio around to a bunch of colleges when they come to your area. And someone can just kind of look over, give you advice for structuring it. Um, I went one year and it was just so phenomenal. I got a lot of just good feedback about, you know, how to develop my own style from a lot of different schools. And I found that really, really helpful. Wow. I did not know that existed. Um, that's, um, that's really, it's really cool. I mean, I've recently, like as a, as a podcaster, we're kind of in this weird, I guess echo chambers, the word, we don't know if, if the thing is good until other people give us feedback. Um, but I've done two things that feel similar. That's kind of helped me um, improve what I do. And, you know, and I've even gone into um, recently um, teaching, um, podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so sort of the feedback of, is this good? You know, because a lot of times we don't have anything. We just kind of keep doing it and keep putting it out there. So mm-hmm. the process of developing a style and developing an interview style or, or style of podcasts, we're kind of just left to our own devices. So the one thing that came to play, um, I ended up doing a listening party. And um, with a group of people for one of my episodes and it's not a video podcast, it's an audio podcast. So no one knew I was sitting there and mm-hmm. giving like honest feedback. And I'm like, not pulling out the notepad, I'm taking notes or what have you. And I wish I could do more of that, which I think it would kind of be similar in that regard of getting that, that feedback and getting sort of that direction to, to tweak here and further develop and refine my style. 
Yeah. Feedback can be so, so helpful, but also so, so scary because you just, you just don't want to fail. You want to get it right the first time. And I'm still learning all the time from feedback I get. Yes. Um, I, I, I have this thing here. Um, I have friends who, you know, own restaurants and do different things. And I have a buddy who, you know, owns this really nice restaurant here and he put a drink on a menu that I, you know, is, is has my name attached to it. Right. And it was really cool. So I'm sitting there, I'm having five of them because why not? What would you do? You have five of them. And someone is sitting next to me and he's like, ah, this Rob Lee, I don't think it's that good. And I was like, <gasps> and I was like, I'm going to act like I'm not here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my he's gosh. Talking, he's talking about the drink, but not me, but I felt personally seen. Absolutely. I feel very visible. Like, oh, ooh, ooh. let me sip this water. <laughs> so as a, I guess, I attempted. I did attempt and um, I do work on a comic now. So mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, cut that part of my creativity off. But, you know, maybe I'm stealing here. But what is the process behind creating comics? Like, what is your process? And I have two bullet points under that. But I at least want to start with that point about sort of the process of, you know, from the idea standpoint to the the sort of themes or where do you start? And when does it get to page or to the digital format? Um, first of all, awesome that you're still making comics. I love that. I think everyone should have some kind of creative passion if they're up for it. Um, and for me, a lot of it is actually just what I'm feeling. Um, so much of what I do and post online is often like a diary still. Um, you know, maybe it's not exactly naming what's going on in my own life, but it's finding a way to kind of put those feelings condensed into one panel, which isn't always easy and just kind of shove it out there to the world. See, you know, how everyone else is doing, you know, kind of checking in that kind of thing and just kind of, you know, trying not only to take care of myself, but also everyone who follows me at the same time. Um, I know it sounds like, you know, an absolutely impossible undertaking, but I do care very much about the people who follow me and I want them to feel seen, heard and part of the community I've got going on over there. You're all heart. You're all heart. <laughs> and uh, Aww, yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and, and I was so pure, especially I, I, you know, was up in Philadelphia earlier today and the train was delayed a few times. I was like, look, yeah, because I'm based in Baltimore. And I was like, look, I got to get here to have this interview with Beth. I want to feel better. I want to feel better about life. And um, it, it it was interesting to to talk with my my peer in Philly. And he was talking about sort of this emotional reset, you know, in mm-hmm. the last few years. And just people being kinder to each other, people actually caring about someone and telling them that they care and telling them that they're friends and all of these different things. And I feel that that's an important thing when you, you're you building a community. And I think, you know, judging by which, which you mentioned there, that that's an important thing for you. And being aware of, though, the last you know, like few years, especially with COVID and all of the different mm-hmm. things that have happened. Is, is that true? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was a huge kind of like shift in my own narrative in my work around that time because everyone was just collectively feeling so low I couldn't just be another voice adding in that direction because I felt terrible I mean I had a lot going on in my life at that point but I knew I just kind of needed to also find a way to be supportive and use my following for some kind of good if that makes sense yeah yeah, um, that's that's really when this podcast kind of took off. If I'm being super mm-hmm. honest about it, uh, going into it, twenty episodes, that was it. And then uh, twenty twenty, people are around, but also people are inclined to connect. And mm-hmm. 
connect socially and, and feel like they're able to share their story. And, you know, the thing that I pride myself on is trying to, you know, let, let the guests cook. It's not about, it's not about me. It's not about this sort of thing. You know, I got goofy questions, but it's about <laughs> you know, allowing the guests to cook and to share, you know, their story, however they want to share it. And, you know, people resonate with that because a lot of times it's stifled, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I so appreciate it because I feel like this is like the best back and forth I've ever had on a podcast. So I'm having a great time. Well, that's great. That's great to hear. That's an endorsement. Everyone <laughs> just cut that part out and put it out there. Oh, uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so talk a bit about any revisions within the, the process or the editing piece, because it is sort of the, as you mentioned, the 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 one panel, and it's definitely something that's, you know, emotion-oriented, feeling-oriented. Um, and I can say with, with this, there's not too much editing that goes into it, because I think editing takes away from the authenticity that I would like there. If I like say something goofy or if I, you know, flub a word or something or sneeze, sure, we're, we're going to edit that out, but there's not a lot. And I think that's within the brand and within the spirit of what I'm doing. So in terms of like revision and editing within your work, how, how does that look? What does that look like? Um, lots of comics I have not posted that merely exist on my tablet. Um, there's a lot of that that goes on. But also just um, so much has changed since I started posting from Tumblr now to Instagram, like over the course of a decade plus. Um, it used to be more you could do like four or five, six panels. You know, it would get red. Every last bit of it would get red. And now we're so cut down to just, okay, you've got like one chance to make the impression. You've got one chance to be seen. You really got to make it count. And it's got to be one panel and it's got to be concise in the words. And you really just got to put it out there and hope it gets seen. And a lot of it is just editing down my own thoughts. You know, maybe it's like paragraphs the text when I first, you know, sketch it out. And then it's like, okay, what's the heart of it? You know, what words can be cut? You know, what's just me repeating myself and then getting it down to those like few statements. It, it does take some time. I can imagine, um, especially in, you know, uh, in, in outside of this creative pursuit, I'm a data analyst by day, right? And mm -hmm. Can imagine I play with chat GPT a lot and I'm like, is this what I sound like? Let me trim this down. I talk too much. Let me trim these <laughs> words down. And I was like, make this more succinct. Make me sound like I know what I'm saying and, and said in a very uh, sort of uh, short and succinct way. Um, but I would imagine when it comes to something very creative and, and at times super personal, you you don't want that piece in there. You want to just go through and draft and edit and draft and come to what feels like, and it never really does, I would imagine, that feels like, this is perfect. This is going to work. No, it always just feels like the absolute edited for TV cut. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's stuff that starts as like eight panels and then I don't end up posting any of it because it's like, well, you know, none of that. Now this is turning into a book. You know, you can't just put a book out there. You got to, you know, get this trimmed down to what's the comic of the day. Yeah. Yeah. So within the process, right, within your process, what would be one part that you would want to remove? You know, like if if there was something like you could take out um, of the overall process and that's from, you know, the ideation point to the completion point, but even sort of flinging it out there into the universe um, for for folks to consume and, and engage with, which part of the process did you want to just be able to like maybe remove or maybe like hand off to another person if you were to develop and have like a, a large team or something like that? Which part of the process that you know, like if I were to take one out, it would be this piece. 
Oh, I'm absolutely a huge baby who would pick the last one. Um, definitely the flinging it out there into the world because it's scary. It's it's not only scary to be vulnerable to those around you in your life, but it's really scary to be vulnerable on the internet where anyone can instantly respond and tell you what they're thinking. And sometimes it isn't always positive. Sometimes they really don't like you and it's hard to hear. Yes. Yes. I mean, uh, I, I, I try not to get, I realize I'm, I'm realizing I'm more sensitive than <laughs> over, over the last few years. I realize I'm more sensitive than I would like to present myself as. I'm, I want to be a six foot four scary black dude. Just like, yeah, you know, like this is what I'm doing, but really I'm kind of a big baby in, in some regards. Um, Oh man, they miss they misspelled my name again. Oh man, you know they called me the truth in this art guy. It's like I have a name, you know, and so, and and that's all just putting yourself out there. So I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I was podcasting ten years before I started doing this, and the mm-hmm. podcast that was kind of behind the scenes, and it, it was just you know an animated picture of me and my co-host. Now it's just me. And a lot of times I'm going into the community to do some of my stuff, whether it's um. Yeah, movie screenings, going to openings and things of that nature. So, you know, it has both. It has the IRL component and the like online component. And I'm like, I I gotta figure this out. I gotta figure out how not to have a have a response. I know. And it's 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 hard. And I think if anything, I've also kind of realized um stronger than I thought I was in a few ways. Cause I would absolutely classify myself as like the biggest baby ever, but I've stuck with it this long. I haven't, you know, given up yet, you know, and I still go out there and I still post the stuff. So I like to think I've got a little bit of toughness in me for, you know, sticking with it and still taking whatever's thrown my way. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're from Chicago, right? You can't, can't be non-tough and from Chicago, right? <laughs> I'm not from Chicago itself. I'm from a suburb, but I'm from the Chicagoland area. The journal was very much lost in Chicago though. <laughs> I've I've never actually been to uh Chicago proper. I've been to Elgin for a wrestling show and I was like, it's just Bibles here. This is wild. This is not what I was expecting. Where where's the where's the deep dish? What was the circuit? What was the wrestling circuit? Is this was um AEW's first all in uh that was at like Sears. Yes, I watch AEW too, so I am familiar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was the first time yeah. the time we were there, uh, me and my one of my good friends. And um, because we w- went to Elgin, he booked it. I did not. Yeah. I was not involved. I'm like, look, I need mm-hmm. to train. I need to have the full real experience. We had to get deep dish because we hadn't had any. We got deep dish mm-hmm. before getting on the flight. Okay. Which mistakes were made. I, I almost want to draw that of me as a stick figure holding my stomach and like, oh, I don't think this fight's gonna go well. <laughs> so let's let's talk about um a little bit about um the success of, of of breaking breaking mad and like how has you know that like impacted your work and some of the maybe challenges that you maybe have faced um, you know, as there is more attention on you, more name recognition, more awareness of your work. How's that like? Um, how's that changed anything, if 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 anything? Because I I see some really high numbers of followers and things of the sort. So I just wanted to get um some insight on that. Yeah, um, I guess what I often sometimes say is like you know the blue check mark doesn't mean everything's perfect. Um, since illustrating um, Breaking Mad, that was the first book I illustrated. Um, it, it's been great. I mean, it's been great. I've gotten to work on so many projects. You know, my books have been translated into different languages. My latest book 
thinking of you came out earlier this year. Um, it, it's been really great, but it is definitely a bit of a double-edged sword because sometimes people know the work before they know me. Um, you know, there's been times where I've taken classes and then people show me comics and it's my own work. And it's like, oh yeah, I made that. Um, you know, so, so sometimes the work precedes me, which is a little weird, but, you know, I, I think I just try to navigate it the best I can. And I definitely just kind of feel like I can rely on the close, although small circle of um, people in my life. And I think it's just kind of that balance of just never letting it get to my head and um, just continuously trying to put out good content that feels honest and authentically me throughout the whole process. It's important, especially when it comes to sort of the creativity, the art, the the content component, because in some ways, if if it's out there to be consumed, it is content, but also it is like when it's being authentic, I think there's space for it to be both. And mm -hmm. I know that a lot of folks kind of struggle with that of oh, it's time to make the donuts. And it's like, well, what if you don't want to make the donuts today? Or what if you don't have something to say? And sort of that performative nature of, of being online at times and you know, I, I know I've run into it and, you know, this sort of push of, why don't you do video of yourself? I was like, because mm. I, I think it makes it weird. I, I, I don't want to put makeup on. I, I you know, my hair yeah. enough, you know, or, or whatever the thing might be, or why don't you do this to scale and all of these different things that turn into, you know, like others, they, they're, they're not people who are close to me. So having that support system and that, that system of people that you trust and you value and you get good counsel from, or even just get someone to say a goofy, send a goofy meme to you, it, mm -hmm. it kind of makes it a better situation. Um, but yeah, a lot of times I think folks think, oh, online is great. Everything is wonderful. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's the inside of a Lucky Charms box. It's just marshmallows of stars and such, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's all the other pieces. Um, <laughs> and, and it's interesting. I definitely think the creative, you know, professional pursuit invites a lot more criticism and suggestion than some other career areas. Because I feel like I've always had, you know, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? You know, I think you should do that. You know, it, it, it's just, it's hard when everyone's trying to tell you what to do with your job and they don't do your job at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, I'm the one that's responsible for this or as I'm sort of in a spot of doing a little bit of both. And the things that feel connected to sort of this pursuit, they get further away from it. I've been really riding this wave of not saying no to a lot of things, but also now being much more selective because you're right. Folks will kind of give you their suggestion of what they would like to see you do or what what maybe direction you should go in with what, you, what you're currently doing. But it's like, well, that's not what I'm doing. And I've just been saying, well, I have a job and this is not the job. This is something that I enjoy and I don't want to make it the job. I want to mm -hmm. make it the thing that's still fun and I still get these different things that I don't even share that I get out of it. I get a lot of joy out of this. It's probably the biggest thing and the best way to describe it. But I don't want to shift that joy to feeling like I have to mass produce this and have an image. I'd rather just be real. And I think I'm able to get the folks like yourself to have a real conversation. Absolutely. And um, oh, I've lost my train of thought now. I had something to add that sounded okay in my head and now I can't think of it. 
Uh, I I, I talk too much. (laughs) Oh, no, no, it's me. And and it was, I remember now, it was about kind of also just knowing what your own limits are and what's going to be good and healthy for you at the end of the day. Um, I know for me, I've always really, really tremendously struggled with um, book signings. There's just something about that face-to-face sleep that I've always really struggled with. I've thrown up before every single one. I just know it's really, really not always the greatest space for me to be in. So I just try to be, you know, select. And I say yes to a lot of things, but it's also knowing I'm not going to put myself in a situation that's going to be detrimental to my own health. That makes makes so much sense. Um, I I had a thing a few weeks ago where, you know, this the sort of glass shield of protection that is the screen, you know, it definitely mm-hmm. helps. And a lot of magic comes through sort of being able to do it in this manner. But there are certain things where when I do interviews or like uh, sort of appearances with the movie stuff I mentioned it's, I don't do it regularly. So that's one side of it, of I feel unfamiliar and unconfident and uncomfortable at times, but then ultimately I do it and it it goes well, but it is all of the feelings leading up to it, all of the Mm -hmm. insecurities, all of the, the panic sweats, a little bit of the irritability. And, um, the, one of the things I've learned in this like process of trying to stretch and do more and ride that wave is, um, you know, just it's it's going to be fine is what I try to tell myself. And if it's not, it's not. And you just go back to the drawing board. That's what helps me a lot. But it doesn't make it any easier. It makes it so, so, so sketchy sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely the kind of person that doesn't have any problem getting up and talking to a crowded room full of people if I'm just, you know, Beth the person. But if it's Beth the creator, I really, really, really struggle. And again, it's just kind of knowing that that's just a really tough area for me. Yeah. It's it's knowing yourself and that's that's important. Yeah. Um, So personal habits and and daily rituals, I think we all have them. I I read something about the the oversized pajamas. Uh, And um, I I like to, you know, I've kind of gotten back to it recently. I like to walk a couple miles a day, um, get my coffee in the morning. That that feels like the beginning of the day. That feels like the real setup of the day. But if that's thrown off, then sort of the full day is reorganized. It's not wasted. Mm -hmm. It's reorganized in a way. Like I might have to get that that walk in at a later time and that's going to throw off this recording or this Mm -hmm. day job thing. What are some of those like daily daily, um, rituals that you have and those personal habits that you have that, you know, really kind of like get you going and kind of like set you up for a successful day? Yeah, um, I'm definitely part of the coffee and walking club. Um, You know, it's definitely the first thing in the morning. Um, I'm someone who struggles really badly with insomnia. Um, So sometimes I just start the day. If I'm up at three, I'm just going to start the day at three. And I'm just going to go on from there and just kind of accept it for what it is. So I I think there's often like this misconception where people are like, well, you know, you clock in at night and you clock out exactly at five, right? And not so much. Sometimes we're up at three and we're just going to get it started and we're just going to do as much as we can until we feel like we can take a break and then we come back to it later. And I think for me, definitely the creative process, there's just some days where you can just sit there and try and draw and draw and draw and it just does not come. And then other days it's like, oh, I just did like 10 hours of this, you know, like, okay, let's do another 10 more. You know, it's also just understanding and giving myself some space to ride those waves on occasion when I can. It's just the balance of it. You know, not every day is going to, you know, 
work out where I can give myself the freedom and flexibility. Yes, things are going to be scheduled and rigid and you're going to have to show up and perform in those ways. But when I can, I do try to give myself the grace to just kind of go with where I'm going. So I guess long story short, yeah, um, daily routine, um, coffee, you know, whenever I do get up, um, love to get a good walk in there. You know, it's great to just kind of decompress and not be with your phone and just I'm out outside there's things you know so uh, that's always a good feeling too so yeah I, I would say I'm just kind of in the walking and coffee club yeah it's it's something like um I, I was having this uh conversation last week about sort of that the, those early wins and you know because there's so many different messages out there social media being a thing or just you know like you know I'm in a space where I'm applying for grants so getting that kind of rejection cycle right um mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a thing. You just feel like, all right, is this a waste of time? Should I be wrapping up here? Should I be quitting this? And I don't want to, but it's like all of these external things are telling me you should or you you suck for for lack of a better term. However, I, I think it's something about doing something physical, whether it is just walking or maybe I'm walking a little longer than the day before. It's like stacking those wins up. It's starting off with a win and starting off with it's not the reward system. It's not the cocaine rat thing. Right. But mm-hmm. it is sort of like, I was able to get out. I was active already. I, you know, I got up super early cause I've been waking up very weird times, sometimes four, sometimes three. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I like, all right, I'm going to work on something. I'm not going back to sleep. And yeah. that that's the thing, but you know, having those wins is like, I've already banked a win. So everything else is a plus. You know, I've gotten things done early. Everything else after this is a plus. So inevitably, when something hits that is um, not ideal, I, I, I still have sort of that that wherewithal and that 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 I win banked. You know, it's like Mario with the mushroom. I already got my mushroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it's interesting you brought up that piece about. Um, you know, fear of things working out because that's so much of what my own life has been this year. It's been starting a lot of projects, getting somewhere, then it doesn't go through or, you know, it falls apart. There's been a lot of trial and a lot of error this year, a lot of error and a lot of discouragement just in my head and just having to talk myself through it so often, just, you know, keep going, just keep trying to put stuff out there, reorganize, you know, look at it from a new angle, you know, put it down, come back to it. And it sometimes it's hard to keep going with it. You just want to throw in the towel. You're like, okay, that's it. I'm running away to Antarctica. I'm just done. But, you know, I try, I, I get up and I keep trying. That's, that's, that's the key thing. That's, that's all always what it is. Um, yeah, that's that's the only way I can really put it. It's just like just try, put in the effort, everything else will will work out. And it's like kind of getting past it. And I used to get really, really caught on things. Um, he definitely hooked. He definitely one of those things as a as a person with a few years of uh, you know, therapy and all of that, uh, you know, just the mindful awareness and all of that sort of stuff. And just finding ways not to get hooked and just accepting the isness of a situation and then kind of moving ahead. It's like, what am I going to do? What, what, what do you want to do next? And whatever you want to do, whether it is, I'm going to put this microphone down for a little bit, or I'm not going to record for a while. And giving, as you mentioned earlier, myself that grace is, is mm-hmm. so, so, so important. Um, and I think when you're doing too much, the work sucks. When you're not doing enough, the work sucks. So it's kind of striking that balance. 
Absolutely. And I would say probably pre 2020, I was pretty just rigid in life in general, just, you know, it's got to go exactly to plan or else I'm a complete failure. And I think now I just have a little bit more flexibility and just accepting that some things work out, some things don't work out, some things are great, some suck really, really bad and are going to push you to your limit. And it's just kind of finding that ability to just kind of let go and go with the flow of things. I think that's probably been the biggest thing I've learned over the past few years. That's great. I got one last real question for you. And uh, mm-hmm. then I got those rapid fire ones. So awesome. Uh, it, within your work, whether it's, you know, sort of your, your current work, previous work, um, is there, has there been an emotion, right? An emotion that you felt, you felt particularly How did you overcome that? Like, I know, and it, the, so the place I was at earlier, it was a, um, it was a Japanese temple in Philadelphia, and I, I was joking with my friend there. I was like, "Yeah, I have a way, you know, in the Japanese language of <laughs> articulating really complex emotions, and you do it in a very succinct way." I was like, "I cannot do that." So I'm thinking of something in that sort of vein of something that it feels this way, it feels this way. It's going to take a paragraph to tr- try to explain it but you're trying to articulate it visually. Has there been an instance where that's come up and how did you kind of get through to get to that final result? Um, Yeah, great question. Um, Again, I think a lot of it just kind of comes down to editing. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges um, in all that I've done is how much do I feel comfortable revealing without putting myself into kind of like a crisis, you know, mode of, you know, if, if people judge, react, you know, what whatever. I'd say probably what I've revealed in my work is maybe only half the story. I think there's a lot I've kept kind of closely guarded to my heart. And I think that's just some of the knowledge of knowing my limits and what I feel comfortable sharing and what's just going to be good for my own health at the end of the day. So yeah, I mean, maybe I have stacks and stacks of things that I've actually done and made that I may never send out. That's okay. I can feel ready to release it when I want to. And it's okay to just keep some stuff for myself. That's great. And I think that's a lot um, there for 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 artists of all stages, emerging, uh, established, um, working, mid-career, all of that stuff. And of all disciplines to really kind of recognize, you don't have to put everything out there. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes it's you end up having like the Prince vault that has like. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. So Paisley Park's great. <laughs> I, I I have to go. It's, it's, it's a thing. Um, so that's that's sort of it for the the real questions. Um, now I have four rapid fire questions for you, um, and uh, don't overthink them, as we all okay. as we all do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so here's the the first one. What is your favorite snack? Mm, good question. Um, I've just kind of been into apples recently. I guess I don't know. I feel like you could do a variety of things with them. You can just eat it as is. You can cut up and make like a little like charcuterie board, I guess, of just, you know, like little snackable things. Um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of a good season for them right now in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, I, I like a nice crisp apple. Every now and again, I get those mushy ones. I think like yeah. those are for pies. Those are for sauces. Those are not for crunching. I like to crunch on my apples. Yes. It needs to have a nice, good crunch to it. Do you have a favorite color? Um, It's like a 
earthy foam blue kind of. Um, I love it so much. It's my bedroom slash office wall color. Um, it's like the, it's just like a very gentle sea blue. Um, I find I'm really drawn to objects in that. So there's a lot of sea blue on sea blue. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Okay, this is the third one. Um, so if uh, let's see, if you were to describe your work overall and it's and, and if you describe your work in one word what would it be caring um i think that's just the heart of what i try to get i just really want to show i guess that i care and that you know i care about people i haven't even met care about people i hope to meet one day and just to try to kind of give a virtual hand squeeze to someone who might need it right now so length lengthy response but caring being the word that's good. All, all, like I said, all heart, all heart. <laughs> so, so this is the last one. And I'm going to preface this because I like to troll a little bit. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's been a pleasure. Uh, Thank uh, you. It's been a good time. As I get rid of all of the goodwill I've created over this <laughs> 40 plus minutes. Um, so you mentioned Sailor Moon earlier. I gotta, I gotta ask, you know, you know, give me a little bit of that theme if you can. Oh, fighting evil by moonlight, winning love by daylight. Hope this doesn't end with a copyright strike. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. Thank you. That's great. That is great. Um, Yeah, it's been like four, maybe five people have mentioned Sailor Moon. And that's (laughs) Bob. That theme is always Bob. Absolutely. That and like Yu Yu Hakusho, fire. Fire themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that is actually the real it. That is everything. You're off the hot seat. Thank you so much for for being a part of this podcast and and being so open and, and making the time. This has been great. And um, in these final moments, I'm going to give you the space to you know basically plug away, share anything you want to share in these final moments. Um, tell folks where they can get your books. Uh, tell folks your website, social media, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Thank you so much. Again, I really appreciate it. I had such a great time. Um, my Instagram is Beth Draws Things. Um, you can also find me on Etsy at Beth Evans Art, although I'm on a little bit of a hiatus right now um, while we're reorganizing and restocking. I say we, it's just me. Um, I'm on Patreon at Beth Evans. You can find my books pretty much anywhere online. I've got a big link page in my bio on Instagram, but pretty much available through all great, you know, book retailers. And um, yeah, my latest book is Thinking of You. Um, if you like what's on my Instagram, uh, you're going to love the book. So yeah, that's about it. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Beth Evans for coming on to the podcast and sharing a bit of her journey and um, a bit about her work. Um, and I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture and community in and around your neck of the woods, you've just got to look for it.